Hello. Welcome to the second episode of We Are Human by Rebecca Reynolds. I don't I don't want to say Dr. Rebecca Reynolds because it feels uncomfortable. And whether that discomfort is something I should ignore or listen to, I don't know, but there you go. So yeah, I'm just walking Bert Reynolds, the dog, which is so lovely, by myself, it's a doggy, you know, around some trees, moving my beautiful, imperfect body, aging body, sun is slowly going down, it's lovely, and Today I want to talk about depression mainly and Betty, come on, good boy. So yeah, so depression, I had to such a wait for people to walk past. I mean, you know, why didn't I just talk while they were walking past? Because trying really hard not to worry so much what people think of me even though it's a very natural human thing to care about what people think of you because you want to belong it's part of the tribe you don't want to be isolated expelled from the tribe because that could mean death what could have in the past you know and it can now really I mean social isolation Social isolation and loneliness can mean a certain psychological death, even if physically we might be cared for by the government or whatever. If you live in a lucky country like Australia. Yeah, so like depression and anxiety, massive topics, but I want to talk about them today because I think I'm having you know, mild, depressive feelings at the moment. Buddy, come here. But, oi. But, good boy, he's going near a car. Good boy, sweetheart. Good boy. Yeah, and like it makes me hate myself, really, to feel low. And that's of course part of the problem I realize and it makes me fearful that my life will be have depression as a thread running through it forever until I die and that's yeah that's quite overwhelming because I've struggled with you know significant depression since I was in my late teens and yeah, it's so interesting to think, you know, why was I not depressed before then? Um, I wasn't a depressed child, you know, like I didn't show any significant signs of depression or anxiety. Like I was quite, was always quite sensitive, but I hope you can still hear this with the wind. But, you know, like, yeah, all through my, since my late teens, I... I had to, I struggled with depression on and off and 
I have been on antidepressants since since my twenties and been, you know, described or diagnosed when depressants have been um, been prescribed for me as some kind of major depressive disorder, which sounds horrible. I mean, antidepressants have really helped me, and I've tried to come up with most recently when my second child was only a few months old, which was a stupid idea, because it's quite a stressful time when you have a young child. That was a bit silly. Yeah, it didn't really work. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I'm on like a standard, what a common dose of um, an antidepressant at the moment, and I'm actually going to go to the GP tomorrow and ask to change it just to see if that maybe helps with my mood. I also, you know, wonder, it's so hard to know, you know, what's biological, what's situational, what's normal. And the worst thing about depression is not knowing if you can trust yourself, you know, your thoughts and emotions, like not knowing which ones to trust. So I remember a self-help book or a mental health professional suggested that if you're going through a depressive period to do the opposite of what your depression tells you. And that almost teaches you not to trust yourself. I mean, I see the point and I've done that before, but I think I've just learned, I just don't, I just don't trust myself enough. And that, that also could have been the cause of the depression in the first place, you know, not trusting myself enough really. And Yeah, it's just so hard to know what what I really think sometimes about things in my life. And it's also really hard to know what is influenced by hormones. So, you know, I'm 43 and perimenopause is, you know, happening or around the corner. And I mean, hormones are so potent to mood and it makes me angry, like that men don't suffer the same ups and downs with hormone levels like we do, like it's so unfair, but I mean, we're completely getting angry about that. It is what it is. And, and you know, at the same time, men really miss out on the joys of hormones, really. I mean, I know they have testosterone and stuff and the joys of the other hormones they don't and they don't get to carry a child and breastfeed a child and yeah you know so we're women are blessed really in some ways and cursed it's like everything in life for fuck's sake positives and negatives wish it was clear-cut honestly it's so much easier to understand i think that's what I mean, we're all doing, we're all trying to make sense of the world and understand it. And I think I intellectualize it a lot and I try and understand it too much. Whereas it's just important just to sit and be with it and let it be and let it be confusing. Buddy! Hello, good boy. You lost me for a minute. Good boy. Good boy. Well done. Yeah, and saying good boy, you know. 
a good girl or a good boy to your children. Like, I don't like that. There's something that makes me feel uncomfortable. I'd rather say well done, I think. Or even, I don't know, it's another conversation for the words you use with your children. So, yeah, I, so I've seen, you know, psychologists and psychiatrists on, you know, regularly since my late 13, so, or early 20s probably, so, goodness, 20 years. And I still feel a bit ashamed about that, I'd say. And I shouldn't, because everyone could do with, I think, somebody they could talk to who's removed from their life and a bit more objective. You know, and... Yeah, I, I remember describing the feeling of sadness, low, the low feeling, the depressed feeling to my psychologist once that I had weights, that little mini little weights on string attached to my mouth, like the sides of my mouth and my eyes and my forehead, you know, like just my face can feel and I feel low, like weighted down. It's just horrible, it's such a horrible feeling. And it's so hard, you know, when you think, well, it's my fault, the brain's so plastic, surely I could, surely I can just make it better by thinking myself better, by doing healthy habits, you know? You know, I do do lots of healthy habits, you know, and I still get really low days. A few days ago, I just cried and cried and cried and cried. And it was so, so upsetting. And I hate how emotions are so all-encompassing. And you can't sometimes, like, you just can't see through them or past them. And you feel like they're going to be like that forever. And it's so hard. And soul-destroying, you're, oh, it's horrible. And I'm sure, I mean, I know lots of people understand how sadness and low feelings feel and how overpowering they can be and yeah I so and actually the crying was really it was really helpful I think it got rid of some stuff and I felt a lot better the day after but then today I woke up again you know with the same the same kind of heaviness like my face and my chest and stomach, you know, it's like, and I wonder also, I think that low feelings have contributed to my postural problems and body pain because when you're not feeling great, you know, you hunch your shoulders, kind of curve downward. And that's what poor little monkeys do when they're depressed or excluded from a group, hunch over. You know, they don't stand up like when humans, you know, like stand up tall, pull the centre of your head. Imagine there's a, a string in the centre of your head pulling you upwards. You know, I, when I feel low, I don't do that. And I do totally believe in kind of doing things that trick your mind into feeling a certain way. Like when I have more, more money, I'm going to get Botox for depression, which stops you frowning. And I think you can also get it on your mouth. And 
You know, you can trick yourself by standing a bit taller. It's sad to do that sometimes when you're just overwhelmed with heaviness. I mean, I'm pretty lucky, really, that I'm not I'm not immobilized by depression. I am fully functioning. I'm working, parenting, you know, exercising, meditating. But I would say it has a significant impact on my on my life. And I'm hoping that by changing medication that might help a little bit. Maybe going on the pill, I don't even know. You know, that could do the opposite. It might make me feel worse. And look, I know there are external things, but, you know, is my depression semi-biological? You know, I think it is. I think it runs in my families, both of them. Maybe particularly one side, was it suicide on that side, you know. And... Yeah. Hopefully as I get older I'll learn to sit with it better and, you know, accept that it's part of who I am. Not tame the black dog, as they say. So interesting. Did I just hear a cat meow? Yeah, I mean, you know, we humans are fascinating. Our bodies, our minds, how we works. Amazing, you know. I guess the thing that I would also like to do in my life is to just be able to control myself a bit better, my emotions anyway, self-regulation, especially for and in front of my children. And I'm not there yet. I, I still, yeah, really need to improve my self-regulation. Regulation of myself, that is, and my emotions. And... Yeah, yeah, another thing that might be relevant to some of you is, you know, ageing as a woman, and as a woman who has been overly focused on appearance, hello, you know, it's really hard to, I, I wasn't just, I haven't just been overly focused on appearance in my life, and that's another topic, another conversation, maybe I'll talk about my next podcast about body image. Um, so maybe I just stopped talking about it now, but I'll just mention this a little bit. I've also been, yes, yeah, so overly focused on appearance and also on using my appearance and sexuality to attract men. And I don't need to attract men anymore, you know, because I have a long-term partner, which is great in lots of ways, but it means I don't get that hit, I get that fix, I guess, from when I used to attract somebody in the short term, you know, and yeah, I think with the growing older piece, I read this amazing book about growing older and looks and everything, and I'll talk about it in the next podcast. But, you know, I was doing some yoga this morning and I looked at my thighs as I was doing downward dog and the skin. It's just so much drier, saggier, you know, and I just think to myself, 
I hate that. I hate the way that looks. And then I thought about where I've learned all that from, how to talk to myself that way. And I don't really think that. Most of me doesn't think that, but there's part of me that does, the little, the little bitch, you know, that is just so hard on myself and has learned all these things from so many sources about how to talk to yourself and what's important in life. And, you know, it's just crazy because appearance is just not one of life's priorities. And, bye chicken boys. Hello. Yeah, so actually, I think it will be really interesting to talk about that next, about body image and appearance. And I'll mention the book that I was reading that I found quite helpful. And, or I might change my mind about what to talk about next. I don't want to, I'm trying to make this really, this podcasty thing really unstructured, which some people would say is a recipe for um, failure, but I don't want it to be another thing to do. Like, I want it to fill me up. I do it in the time I have, like walking the dog or being in the car. Use it a bit like self-care, you know, trying to process things externally, as I said last time. And hopefully by doing that, just in sharing with you, you know, sharing things that hopefully you feel too, so you don't feel so alone. I guess that's the point the main point of why I'm doing this. So human connection, really. Yeah. All right, well, I better get Betty. Come here. Bop, bop. Bop, 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 bop. Better get Betty the dog, but sending lots of love. And I know that one of my friends is going to listen to this, maybe two. And thank you.